0: Alright, welcome on in to the Wasatch Basketball Podcast, part of the Wasatch Podcasting Network. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Um, first of all, this is the first Wasatch Basketball uh, Podcast episode in a while. Um, I apologize for that. Um, the plan is, from now on, and I've got it set up to where I can actually start doing this, is put out you know, four, five, maybe even six episodes a week. Um I I really like doing this podcast. Um and this is the original one. The jazz one is fun too. Um but I need to I need to be getting it out. Um so be expecting that. Um I do not expect anybody to listen to every single episode that gets put out because I'm going to be putting out a lot. So be looking for um you know the topics that interest you. If you have ideas on topics that I haven't thought of, um, shoot me an email. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. That's at wasatchbasketballpod at gmail.com. So before we get on into today's topic, which we're going to be starting a six-part series covering all the divisions, um, what they should be looking for, looking for as they head into the trade deadline and into the buyout market, um and just kind of a mid-season report, a lot of teams teams now have hit 41 games or right around there, so we're about halfway through the season right now, Um, so we'll just be looking at the teams, where they are, um, if they're living up to expectations, if they're, you know, they're below expectation, if they should be looking to make a push for the title this year, or maybe go into a rebuild, all that kind of stuff. Um, But before I get into that, I just wanted to talk really quickly about um, something that's been in the news lately, and that is that the WNBA um, came to agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. Now, there are some things in it that I really like. Um, The fact that they now get maternity leave, I mean, that should have been a thing the whole time. Um, It's kind of ridiculous that it wasn't. And now their hotels are actually getting paid for them, which is kind of ridiculous that a professional league was having their players pay for their own hotel rooms. Um, but, I, you know, I've been listening to other podcasts, and it kind of seems like the NBA told anybody that, that, that works for them to praise this thing. It's the greatest thing ever. Don't say anything bad about this. But I don't work for the NBA. They don't don't pay me. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about this whole situation. Now, again, I think it's great that the WNBA is making some changes moving forward, actually giving their players some respect and some of the things that they actually need. Um, And I think women's basketball is a good thing to have around. I think it's great for young girls to have something to look forward to, um, role models, people to look up to. That being said, I do not like the fact that the NBA supplements this league um, as crazy as they do. Um, The NBA basically just says, okay, you're losing money, but we're just going to pump a bunch of money into you anyway. We're going to keep you going. We're going to force NBA 2K to throw you onto their game and to promote you. Um, And all these changes that the WNBA is making... It's basically the NBA going like, okay, yeah, we can we can pay for that, we can add that. You want to up your, your player salaries, okay, fine, we'll help you with that. Um, and what I'd really like to see happen is see the WNBA stand on its own two feet and figure its own way out. You know, if you look at the NBA now, you wouldn't think this, but for a long time, the NBA really struggled to make money, to, um, actually be a league, um, in the seventies and eighties teams were getting bought and sold all the time, getting moved to different cities. Um, you know, I talked about this on the jazz, uh, jazz greats podcast on the jazz talk podcast. Um, you know, Frank Layden, who was the coach for the jazz used to go around town every single day, um, to promote the Jazz, to try and let people in Salt Lake and all throughout Utah know about the fact that they had an NBA team. Um, Dave Chekets, who was the president of the Jazz, went, went and found Larry H. Miller, who was just a local car dealer, and was like, please come and buy this team so we can have some stable ownership um, and we can stay in Utah. And that was that was the way it was for a lot of organizations. There's a lot of movement. Um, guys were not getting paid very much at all. They really didn't have like hardly any health insurance. There wasn't a retirement plan, any of that kind of stuff, but the NBA fought like no other. They promoted themselves like no other. And now they're huge and they're branching out to, you know, they have a league in Australia. Now they have a league in, um, they're about to have a league in Africa. They're promoting stuff in Europe and China and all over the world. But that you know, they didn't have somebody else giving them tons of money to help them do that. They did that themselves. Um, and that's, you know, with this new agreement with the WNBA, I would like to see the NBA be like, all right, in two years time, you guys need to be to this point and we'll keep giving you money in five years. You need to be to this point and be like, okay, in 10 years we're done. You guys have got to sustain yourself. We're not going to come in and save you. We're not going to be giving you money. We're not going to help promote you, anything like that. It's your league. You guys got to do it. So basically, that's, that's all I wanted to say on that topic. And so we'll go ahead and get on into it. Today, we are covering the Southwest Division, um, which is your, uh, your Texas teams. So the Mavericks, the Spurs, and the Rockets. It's also the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, so we'll just we'll go right in uh, alphabetical order. Uh, start with the uh, city city name, not the team name. So first team will be the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Dallas Mavericks this year have been a bit of a surprise. Um, a lot of people thought that maybe they could fight for that eighth spot in the, in the playoffs. And so far, they've been one of the top six teams in the West, and they've been right up there with, you know, the uh, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Um, and in large part, that's due to Luka Doncic becoming just an absolute superstar. Last year, he was a very, very good player, best rookie by far. This year, he kicked it up to another level. Um He's been basically averaging a 30-point double-double, or triple-double, my bad, um, this whole season. Um, but he's not just putting up stats like Russell Westbrook used to. It, he, he does it in a way that actually helps his team win. And they put a good group around him, a team that helps cover his defensive deficiencies and um, you know can hit open threes when he finds them. And he has good pick-and-roll guys with uh, Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba. Porzingis helps pull people out to the three-point line. Um, So right now, the Mavericks are 6th in the West. They're 26-15. and They are 1st in offense. Their offense is just absolutely amazing. And their defense is 16th. Um, That offense is historically great. Um... The Warriors, when they were just killing teams, when they won 73 games, their offensive rating was a 115, which I've talked about offensive rating before. Um, Basically, the idea is if you have 100 possessions in a game, so your team is on offense 100 times, how many points will you score? Um, Right now, the, the Mavericks are at 116. And that is one of the highest ever of all time. Some of their lineups with Luka and uh, Dwight Powell on the court together are up over 120, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, So their offense is amazing. Where they need help is on the defensive end. Now, I don't think that they need to get, you know, that they need to be uh, getting rid of tons of assets and doing all this crazy stuff to find, try and find this guy. I'm thinking, try and find a guy that can help with guarding LeBron, guarding uh, Kawhi Leonard, um, Giannis, these type of guys. And the guy that I thought of for them is Michael Kidd Gilchrist at the Hornets. Now, when I talk about the Jazz later, I'm kind of hoping Kidd Gilchrist gets bought out by the Hornets and that the Jazz can bring him in. Um, But anyway, Michael K. Gilchrist, 6'7", probably about 235, long arms, really quick side-to-side, he's strong, great, great defender. Never could figure out his offense, though. Um, You know, for being a small forward uh, and a number two pick in his draft, he's only shot about 30% for his career from the free throw line. Um, So nothing spectacular there. But his defense is just so valuable um, to a contending team. So, the, what I think the Dallas, the Dallas could send out is Courtney Lee, who's a guy that makes 12 million, hasn't really played at all for them this year. Um, Isaiah Roby, who's been in the G League a lot for them, they like him, you know. But I just don't ever know if he's ever going to be an NBA type player. And then just a future second round pick just to help, you know, grease the tires a little bit, make the Hornets willing to do this. And you bring in Michael K. Gilchrist as a guy that, you know, in the playoffs, you put him on LeBron or Kawhi or Paul George for 15 minutes a game. Doing that, well, I mean, he's not going to stop them. These guys are, you know, some of the best players in the world. But if you can get a guy like uh, Kid Gilchrist to just slow them down a little bit, you know, keep them from being just absolute dominant forces and become just good wings, um, the Mavericks could really have a chance when it comes to the playoffs this year. Alright, so the next team that I want to talk about is the Houston Rockets. Um, The Rockets this year... James Harden has been absolutely amazing, averaging like 38 points a game, um, absolutely being the driving force for them. The problem is, for them to win games, he has to do that. They don't have enough talent. Um, Russell Westbrook is a horrible fit next to him. Um, He doesn't have much three-point shooting. He doesn't have that great of defenders around him to help him out because he's not a good defender. And so... My idea is really to shoot for depth with a trade. Um, you know, you're you're going to lose some of your star qualities here, but you're going to put guys around Harden that make more sense. And for a guy like Daryl Morey, um, who may be coaching for his job this year, it makes sense for him to really try and put the absolute best team around Harden right now because... If they lose in the first round of the playoffs, he's probably gone. Um, they'll find a new GM. Um, so right now, the, sorry about that. Right now, the Rockets are 26 and 14, which puts them fifth in the West. They are the third ranked offense. They are the 17th ranked defense. Um, So as I just said before, Russell Westbrook is not a good fit next to him. Westbrook is an extremely inefficient offensive player. The only way he's a good offensive player at all is if you have the ball in his hands like 90% of the time and he can just go out and create. And so my first idea, I have two traits for them to make, is to give Westbrook an opportunity to go out and just be the man while they get back some guys that can can help them out, give them some depth um, going forward. And I can think of no better team to call for, for uh, Westbrook trade than, and you're probably thinking this if you follow the NBA, the New York Knicks. The Knicks love these guys that are way overhyped, are suit, celebrities that put up big numbers. They put butts in seats. They sell jerseys. Probably not ever going to help you win a championship. And so, the big needs that the uh, the Rockets need have right now is wings um, and defense. Um, And so, if I'm the Rockets, I'm Daryl Morey. I'm calling up the Knicks. And I am offering them Russell Westbrook. um, Tyson Chandler, who was a really good player for them years ago. And, like, Tabo Cephalosha. Mostly just to make sure that you're not taking back more players than what you get back. In return, I am asking for... Marcus Morris, who is a six foot eight, probably close to two hundred forty pound, small forward, power forward type player, decent defender, really good three point shooter, um, would be perfect next to Harden, just stand in the corner and hit wide open threes, and then be a big help on the defensive end. So him, Taj Gibson would give them a backup center option. Um, very very good low post defender, decent rebounder. Not going to give you much on the offensive end, but next to a guy like Harden, you need guys that are low usage usage guys that aren't going to take shots away from Harden. And um, Wayne Ellington is the last guy. Wayne Ellington, 6'5 shooting guard. Um, He struggled this year so far, but I think if you put him in a good offense with a guy that like Harden, that's going to get him wide open shots. Um, I think he gets back up to being a thirty or a forty percent uh, three point shooter, um, becomes very valuable to them. And the twenty twenty one Dallas Mavericks pick that the New York Knicks got in the Porzingis trade, so the Rockets would get um, some wing help. They'd get backup center help. They would get some more three-point shooting, they get better defense. And the Knicks get their star. They get a player that they can put on the marquee. Um, that honestly, with the bottom of the west being as bad as or the bottom of the east being as bad as it is, could possibly push the Knicks into the playoffs this year. Now, are they gonna ever win a championship with a guy like Westbrook? No. They may think that, but no, it's not gonna happen, but. Getting to the playoffs and becoming a big deal in New York again would be a big thing for the Knicks. So that's a trade I think works for both teams very well. The second trade for the Rockets, and this one I'm a little more hesitant about because I like the guy that they're trading away. But again, this is about getting depth. This is about getting Russell Westbrook, or not Russell Westbrook, James Harden some help. So um, we call up the Clippers, offer them Clint Capella, which would give them an immediate upgrade at the starting center position. It would help their defense out a bit, um, help with their rebounding. In return, from the Clippers, um, the Rockets should ask back for Montrez Harrell and Mo Harkless, Montrezl Harrell, amazing off-the-bench scorer, um, super aggressive, great rebounder, has become a better defender in time. Mo Harkless, a six-foot-nine wing, that not while not a great three-point shooter, can hit wide-open threes and can give them that switchability on defense that they had with guys like Trevor Reza and Luca Valmute a few years ago that made their defense just so scary. Now, maybe the Clippers aren't willing to give up a guy like Harrell. So, ask for Zubac instead. It beats a Zubac. Seven foot. Um, very good at scoring around the hoop. Has become a good uh, post defender. Not going to spread the floor for you, but he'd give you enough at the center position. So, with this, the Rockets would go from having a lineup of Capella, Harden, Westbrook, PJ Tucker, and then whoever you can possibly find to throw at the shooting guard position, um, or at the small forward position, and Daniel House, Ben Nakamore, or whatever. To all of a sudden you have Montres Harrell or Zubac, and Taj Gibson at the center position, which is a big, big upgrade. Um, Capella, I think, is better than all three of those guys Singular as a singular person. But the combination of two of those guys is a big deal, I think, is an upgrade. Um, still have P.J. Tucker at the power forward position, who is a very good defender um, and can hit wide open threes. You get Marcus Morris and Mo Harkless at the small forward position, who is a huge who both are a huge upgrade over Daniel house at that position, gives you more length, gives you switchability on defense. You get Eric Gordon, some help off the bench and a guy like Wayne Ellington. And then at the point guard position, James Harden's going to run the point. Um, I'm sure you can find another backup point guard off the free agency, um, or the buyout market or whatever. Um, but in all, I think this would help the rock gets out a ton this season. But also, it gets them off of Russell Westbrook's contract. It gets them off of Clint Capella's contract. To where now they have some flexibility to where if this team doesn't work out, they next season actually can make some moves and try a different combination of players to make them better. They're not stuck on Westbrook's contract forever. They're not stuck with a team that's going to underperform and just never be a championship contender. All right, so next team we're going to talk about is probably the most exciting team in the NBA right now, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, The Grizzlies came into this season, and it looked like they were going to be the worst team in the West. We're going to be developing young guys, um, be trading away veterans to pick up more draft picks and more young guys, uh, possibly taking on more money for next year to you know, help bring in more draft picks and all that. But John Morant has come onto the scene and been a superstar right away from day one. Brendan Clark, who is was the 23rd pick in the draft and the guy that I really like coming out of this draft, um, has immediately come out and been a very efficient scorer for them off the bench. Jaron Jackson Jr. has become one of the best shooting big men in the NBA and has enough on the defensive end to really help them out there. Jonas Valanciunas has been uh, super efficient, been actually really good at from three-point range, um, and they've gotten some help from other guys like uh, Jay Crowder and Kyle Anderson to where they're now 19-22. and 22. They're the eighth team in the West. So if playoffs started today, they're in the playoffs. Now, do I think that'll hold up and that they'll actually make the playoffs? Uh, I'd give it like 20% chance of happening. But there's a team that I'm going to talk about later that I think is probably... Or the next two teams I'm going to talk about probably have a better chance of kicking them out and taking over that 8th spot. But the Grizzlies have been very exciting. They are right now 15th in offense, 21st in defense. Um, And I think for them... You know, the best option would be to take on money, a little bit of money for next season. And it would actually be a guy that can help them out right now and for next year with playmaking, um, decent three-point shooter, um, good length on the defensive end. Um, And that's a trade with the Hornets for Nicholas Batum. But I'd also want their first-round pick this year, which will be a lottery pick most likely. Um... And could help them, you know, get some more young help going forward. Now to get uh, to get Batum, I I would send Andre Iguodala to them. Now Godala, they could either buy him out and let him go to a contender like he wants to. Or the Hornets could actually make a push for the playoffs. They're not far out in the East. The East isn't very good. They have two um, very dynamic guards right now. They have a power forward, a young power forward in P.J. Washington that's really showing a lot of ability. They're an interesting team. And so I would send to the Hornets, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, who um, is a guy that... I think they like, and maybe you switch out Solomon Hill instead, um, but as, as I currently have it constructed, they send out Iguodala, Crowder, and Grayson Allen, who is a good young player that maybe could turn into something, but um, I think they have uh, grander visions at the shooting guard position than Grayson Allen. Um, this is a move that would give the Grizzlies a guy in Nicholas Batum that is is six foot nine, can handle the ball like a guard, is a decent defender, can hit the three. Um, and in 2021, when, you know, maybe they could use some cap space to bring in a, a great player next to John Morant and uh, Jared Jackson Jr., uh, Batum's $26 million would come off the books and would allow them to use that money um, to upgrade the team from there. Also, that first round pick that they would get from the Hornets would allow them to find a good rotation piece uh, in this year's draft. This year's draft is not super amazing, and in further episodes I'll talk more about that. But there are guys in this draft that you can find that I think could be good rotation pieces I just don't think there's much star potential in this year's draft so the next team in the Southwest division that we're going to talk about is the team that ended the Jazz's 10 game winning streak last night in the New Orleans Pelicans Uh, the Pelicans when healthy are a very dangerous team especially once Zion Williamson gets added to this team they've got a lot of depth, a lot of ball handlers, um, a lot of guys that can hit wide open threes. They've got enough defense. They've got a good center in Derek favors, who is probably the best at guarding Rudy Gobert in the NBA, mostly because the two went up against each other every single day for six years. Um, they're again, they're a very dangerous team. Um, However, the you know the trade that I had for them, I'm kind of looking at as maybe not, you know maybe not a great option because I had them trading Lonzo Ball, and the guys they would have gotten back would have been helpful. But Lonzo Ball has really shown a lot of development with his three-point shooting. Um, the Pelicans have a great shooting coach there that has really helped out guys like Etwan Moore, and now Lonzo Ball and. Uh, Ingram, So I'm not really sure who um, I would be trading if I'm the Pelicans right now. Um, and honestly, I think they should maybe just stand pat and see what they have in Zion Williamson. And with this full team put together, once he comes back, he's supposed to come back on the 22nd against the Spurs. Um, so it'd be cool to see his debut uh, but right now, the Pelicans are 16-26. and 26. They're 12th in the West. Um, they're 20th on offense, 26th on defense. But they are definitely getting better. Um, they have made some huge strides since the beginning of the season. Derek Favors is finally healthy and ready to help them. Um, Drew Holiday, once he gets healthy, is a big help to them. Brandon Ingram is becoming a star. Uh, Monzo Ball is becoming a very good point guard in this league. Um, They're a dangerous team. Now, the area that I think they could probably go out and try and find something is maybe just another wing shooter. Um, You know, or a stretch four type player. They have Nicola Melli, but if they could find somebody better, I would look into it. Um... You know, maybe they could talk to the Kings, send them like Frank Jackson, um, Nicola Melli, and one of their many future first round picks, and get a guy like Nemanja Bialica, who at 6'10 would help a lot with their three point shooting, would help stretch the floor. Um, At times, you could put Zion Williamson at the center position, and be elites at the four. So that's kind of what I think I'm thinking now, Um, especially since Ball has actually shown that he can be a very capable point guard in this league. Um, But them and the Spurs, who I'm going to talk about next, I think are probably the more likely teams to be that eighth seed in the West. Um, Again, the Grizzlies have been awesome, and they're super fun to watch. John Morant has been amazing. I just, I don't think they have enough. And I don't think they're, and I think their schedule is getting harder as the season goes on, to where I don't think that they can really make it as the eighth seed. Maybe, who knows? But I would more expect this Pelicans team or the Spurs, uh, with all that veteran leadership that they have, to make that push to the eighth seed. And so finally, the last team we will talk about in the Southwest Division is the San Antonio Spurs, who I think is probably the most likely team to end up with the 8th seed in the West and have to go up against the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Um, Personally, I think that they should look more towards not so much a rebuild. Like, this year they wouldn't make the playoffs in this scenario, But further years from there, I think they're a better team. Um, But I think they're looking more towards competing in the playoffs. Um, I don't think Popovich really wants to be out of the playoffs and looking towards a rebuild and all this. But they've got a lot of young talent. And if developed correctly and you add some more guys to that, they could be a very dangerous team going forward. Um, so I'll talk tell you about the trades that I came up with, but and then I'll tell you more about what is probably more likely for them at this point. Um, so right now the Spurs are 17 and 22. They're 9th in the West, so they're just one spot out of the playoffs right now. They are the 11th best offense and the 20th defense. Um they rely on veterans like DeMar DeRozan LaMarcus Aldridge and Rudy Gay for most of their production but I've seen some uh, some good things out of younger guys like DeJounte Murray and Derek White who is not as young as you'd think he's going to be 26 next season but he is a good young player for them so far Um, they have young guys that have potential Um, we'll have to see how they develop in Lonnie Walker um, Lucas Emanich, and the guy I'm probably most excited about in their young uh, group of guys is Keldon Johnson. Um, six foot six, long, athletic, um, just needs to learn how to play within a team concept more and become a better defender. Um, but anyway, the ideas that I have for them would be to trade both DeRozan and Aldridge and get some guys that have some time in the league but aren't, are not definitely not old yet. They're both 23 years old and could help with getting this team back into contention right away. Um, so the first trade would be to send uh, DeMar DeRozan and Marco Bellinelli to the Magic for Aaron Gordon. That's the big piece right there. Al Farouk Aminu and Wesley Awundo, Awunda, Wundo, Wesley Awundo. There we go, got it right. Um, Aaron Gordon, six foot eight, six foot nine, put on a lot of muscle in his time in the NBA. Super athlete, and has shown some ability to play some of that point forward. Um, can hit the three, not at a, an amazing rate, but he can hit over thirty percent. Um, good defender can put a body on guys and can you know could probably help with gar- guys like LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard just bodying them up um he's not doesn't have tons of side to side quickness so he'd have to be on those guys that are a little bit older um and play more physically um Al Farouk is probably out for this whole season but when you get him back next year six foot nine combo forward um can hit wide open threes great defender and then Wesley Wundu is, I think, 22 or 23, six foot seven, really long, really athletic, really good uh, perimeter defender. Um, and so that's what I would look for from a DeRozan, getting uh, from getting rid of DeRozan, and the Magic get back a guy in DeRozan that can be their go-to scorer on a nightly basis. Um, they really don't have that. Nikola Vucevic can be at some nights, um, but they really need a guy that they can just go to all the time. And I think him and Evan Fournier would be a scary combination on the wing. You put Jonathan Isaac at the power forward, great def- great defender, very versatile center in Nikola Vucevic with Mo Bamba still uh, developing. And then Markel Fultz at the point would is... Uh, you know, great, becoming a very good playmaker, very dangerous off the dribble. And Marco Bellinelli would add some more shooting off, off the bench for them, um, which is something they desperately need. The second trade that that I see for the Spurs is to send Marcus Aldridge to the Miami Heat for um, Justice Winslow, who is about a six six foot six, six foot seven, very physical. Uh, small forward that can also play the point guard in some lineups. Um, can also play the power forward. Good defender. Um, not a great shooter, but he can do enough on the offensive end to really help you out there. Um, again, big physical guy that can get into guys like Kawhi Leonard and, LeMar- and LeBron James and give you some good defense there. He's also only 23. Um, And then Deion Waiters, mostly just to make the money work. Um, Maybe Greg Popovich could make him into a productive player. He is a very good scorer off the bench, but he has horrible attitude issues. Um, The Heat haven't played him at all this year. Um, And I'm sure they would be welcome to just getting him off their books, um, getting him off the team. And in Lamarcus Aldridge, they would get a guy that can start next to Bama Adebayo instead of playing Myers Leonard. Um, and Lamarcus has actually stretched his his uh, three his shooting all the way out to three. He's actually shooting like five or six a game, and is shooting it well. Um, you know, uh, Greg Popovich has been so resistant to three point shooting. But I think this season he finally figured out that, you know, if we're going to compete in the modern NBA, we have to shoot threes. We have to stretch the floor. Um, threes are worth more, a lot more than twos. And the two-pointers they are getting were mid-range, long mid-range shoot shots. Um, so LaMarcus Aldridge has started shooting threes, and he's really good at it. Um, and so I think that would help the Heat and their push for – you know, maybe even being a title contender this year, and the Spurs get a lot younger, I mean, now the Spurs, if you look at them, they have Jakob Pertl at the center, who's 23, I think, um, you can decide whether you want to bring him back or not, you have Lucas Aminic at the power forward, Aaron Gordon at the power forward, Justice Winslow, and Keldon Johnson at the, the three. Bonnie Walker at the two, um, and DeJounte Murray and Derek White at the one going forward. And I think that team could immediately be competitive for a playoff spot. And then you just start adding some more talent to that. I think that's a dangerous team. Um, it could be, especially if they found <clears throat> a very, uh, versatile center to throw in with that group I think they can be very dangerous there now are those two things going to happen probably not um I could see the Spurs making a smaller moves on the margin um just to maybe help with their center depth or put another shooter on the court um Maybe sending Marco Bellinelli out or, you know, maybe a Patty Mills. But I know they like Patty Mills. So that's more what I suspect that they'll do is just find a little bit of help along with Aldridge and DeRozan and Rudy Gay. But, again, if I'm them, I'm looking towards, you know, not five years in the future, but next year and the year after that in the future but also will be a good team five years in the future. There's, they would still be super young and be able to move forward with a, with a very good team. Um, but with that, we'll go ahead and end this episode. Thank you so much for listening again. I apologize for not getting these out very regularly. Um, I'm going to really start pushing to get these out and get a lot of these episodes made. Um, ...and start putting out a lot more content. I want to grow this this podcast. I want to get to the point to where... Um, ...you know, I can be up there with... ...some of the more major basketball podcasts. Um, I know I'm not great radio yet... ...but I'm getting a lot better, <laughs> I have to say. If you go back and listen to the very first episode we did of this... ...which was the, the mock draft... That was that was awful. Um, I really didn't understand how difficult it would be to podcast on your own. It's difficult. It's it's hard to keep the conversation going by yourself. Uh, but I think I'm getting better at it. I think um, with time, with more episodes, we're getting better at it. Um, and I know that if I start pushing out a lot more episodes, we'll just continue to keep getting better continue to keep getting more people looking into it, um, and again, if you know people that are really into basketball, let them know about this podcast, um, the basketball podcast, um, market is a lot bigger than you act- than most people would think it is, there's a lot of people listening to this stuff, and I think that, you know, my opinions, my the way I look at the game, um is right on the same level with a lot of these other, um, analysts, a lot of these other guys that work within the league. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can email me at wasatchbasketballpod on at gmail.com, or you can follow this podcast on Instagram at wasatchbasketballpod. Thank you for listening. Bye.